Hi, friends. This is the Show It Off podcast, where we are shamelessly and unapologetically confident. I am your host, Sarah Fayshoff. I am a yoga teacher, I am a confidence coach, but more importantly, I am someone who used to have the worst self-esteem and I now lead with a lot of confidence and self-love and my mission is to help you to do the same. If you would like to join this community, you can subscribe to this podcast and you can go over to sarahfayshoff.com and join the newsletter subscription button thing there and you will be privy to everything that I have to offer a lot of it's free some of it's not and it's all awesome it's okay to invest a little bit in you and in your confidence and your love for yourself you are supported on your journey and this podcast is just the first step so thank you for listening let's do this let's go ahead and show it off Hello, my dear friends and listeners out there in the world. Thank you so much for being here and listening. Someone told me recently that when they listen to this podcast, they they listen when they've called all their girlfriends because they needed a girlfriend time, but their girlfriends are working or busy, and so they listen to this podcast as a replacement. And to me, that was just the best thing I could have heard that day because that's exactly my intention. When I'm thinking about who's listening, I'm thinking about all my girlfriends, my male friends, my dear friends, my family. And, you know, I'm just sitting here by myself. And so it takes creativity and imagination and um, intention. And I certainly believe that our intentions are met with reality especially when repeated over and over. And that little, um, that little message from, from that woman was that for me. And so I just want to thank you all for being there, and, and I see you. As you know, this podcast is all about being confident and living from a place of self-love so that we can be better uh, for our families and our partnerships and our communities and our work. And I was thinking today, I was actually having a little bit of of writer's block. I usually have this podcast episode completely planned out by, you know, Saturday or Sunday and knowing that it'll drop on Monday. Uh, But when I woke up this morning, Monday morning, I still didn't know what I was going to write about or what I was going to speak about. I do a little both. I write about it and then I talk about it. But I wasn't going to get worried about it. I knew that what I was supposed to say would come to me. And I went about my day, you know, did a couple of errands. I came home, and you know what I did after I dropped my daughter off for school? I rested. I just, like, literally laid on the bed and just stared. I didn't even sleep. I just rested and drank some water, ate some food, and I rested some more. And it was just a reminder of how important it is to first you know, before serving others to really um, love yourself up and fill yourself up and restore from all of the tasks. Yesterday was a rough day with my daughter. (laughs) Anyone who has ever spent a hot afternoon with a three-year-old who won't nap, um, yeah, it's not fun. And it's very taxing on the nerves. And when I dropped her off from school today, I was like, peace out, girl. (laughs) <laughs> and um, thought as I drove away, how am I gonna, how am I gonna execute my podcast episode today? So after I've rested, I listened to a little Cardi B, a little Beyonce, cleaned my house, did a little dancing, dancing by yourself at home, man, that's some good times. And my energy is flowing, and it was very clear to me what I was supposed to talk about today. And I just love that. I'm just thankful for that. That asking for that divine guidance that um, my prayers always work through me as me, work through me as me, asking spirit, asking the divine, asking love to just work through me and 
and let me let go of my limitations and my fears so that I can I can be at my best. And especially when it comes to something something as precious as a um a way of reaching out to a lot of people like this podcast is. And the more of you who listen, you know, the more responsibility I feel and I'm not going to let that be anything but a positive thing. So thank you for being here again. So what what came to me that was so clear that was to be what I was supposed to talk about today? I was thinking about superficial ways to feel confident. Excuse me, I have to close my windows. It might be a, an uncomfortable or a, an unpleasant sound for a second. Um, okay, so these artificial tricks to having more confidence aren't exactly artificial. They're actually surface level more so. And they're also instant and there's nothing wrong with that. I think before we can get deep, we have to um, just skim the surface, right? I mean, I don't think it's even an opinion. I think that's like scientific fact (laughs) that if you're going to dig down deep, you have to first penetrate the surface. And this comes when meeting somebody new. It comes when um, starting a task or, or beginning a huge project or therapy or really anything. So um, when you're building your sense of confidence and you're learning to live with self-love and really unlearning any other way of living, unlearning what you've been uh, taught that you're not good enough, unlearning that you're not enough, you know, unlearning that... Um, your idiosyncrasies and your strangeness and your um, flaws and faults are, are um, like make you unworthy of confidence and love. That's what we are unlearning because those are lies we've been told. We've gone over that in past episodes. But if you want to immediately feel more confident and, and touch the surface, these are the things I thought of. Just smile. Have you ever noticed, like, just if you just simply smile and you don't even necessarily have to have something to smile about, but you just like curl up those corners of your lips and immediately the same hormones that, that come into your brain when you really are happy, they come into your brain when you pretend smile. And so you automatically feel happier. And when you feel happier, you feel more confident. And when you feel more confident and, and combined with happiness, you just ref- like ooze off this light and this feeling and this energy that other people can feel. And then they start treating you differently and it creates this gorgeous, um, blooming, like infinite, nonstop, like, like those waterfalls, you're like, uh, or water fountains or at the mall rather, where you're like, where is this water coming from? It seems to never pour out, but never f- um, get empty. Yeah, and that's what it's like um, when you you just start smiling, walking down the grocery store, heading into the bank, getting to work, driving. Something I love to do that when there's construction work, and those guys that stand there with their signs that say "slow," looking like they're just miserable. <laughs> And I smile at them. I blow them kisses. I give them the shaka. I wave. And every time, every time they smile back, it's like you can't help but to to feel that. Okay, so this is one my grandma taught me when I was really young and feeling really depressed. She told me to go out and buy uh, myself a bouquet of yellow flowers. She said that just looking at yellow flowers lifts your mood. And when you lift your mood, you lift your confidence, right? So I, to this day, do this. I mean, I don't necessarily go out and buy myself bouquets, but if I'm on a walk and I see a bunch of yellow flowers, I'll collect them and keep them. Um, There's a lot of yellow plumerias around here, and I will often pick them and just fill my car up with them, and it smells so good. Or just drop one on the desk at the uh, dentist or the... I went and got lab work done. I gave the girl who pricked my my arm a yellow flower because it's just like she couldn't help but smile when she saw it, and she did a good job, so I had to thank her. Um, good old Charlotte's Web. What does the song of that movie teach us? Chin up. 
right? My daughter sings that all the time. Thankfully, sometimes kids get these these things in their head that they repeat a lot and they end up being beautiful lessons for us. And it's kind of funny because sometimes we have to hear something a hundred million times before it registers and children seem to know that intuitively. So that's um, another reason why we have podcasts because we just want to hear that. If you're listening, I know that you understand this. I listen to a ton of podcasts and it's because even if it's something I've already heard, I just need it in my brain again, just to keep reminding me, right? And this song, Chin Up, <laughs> it's, um, it's just this reminder, chin down, you start to frown. Turn around, you start, uh, you're, starting smi- you're starting clowning, let's say, starting clowning, like just being silly, you know? Um, think bad, your troubles double. Think glad, you burst white bubbles. I mean, it's a great song. And it, it's definitely a um, true physical thing that you can do immediately to help yourself feel better. I mean, do it right now. Just kind of when you lift your chin, oftentimes your core kind of engages, which and it brings your shoulders back. And maybe if that smile's going along with it, you look a ton more confident than you did when you were slouching over, standing like a question mark, frowning, right? So these are like surface level things that we can do to feel better and more confident immediately that take very little effort and very little money and uh, if any and this makes me happy to know that anybody can access just these few tools to just instantly feel better. But what about when life's really beating the shit out of us? What about when we like can't muster up the energy to get out of bed, let alone walk with our chins up? What about when we've lost everything again and again? What about when life is just one thing after the other and we start to feel really defeated? What about when you look at yourself in the mirror and, and you don't want anyone to look at you and smile because you don't like what you see? Maybe you haven't been taking care of your health like you know you should, and the reflection is showing you that. Maybe someone's beat you down, tried to knock you down a few pegs again and again until you look at yourself and you just don't even know who that is. You don't even like what you see because who is this person, this beat down version? You can't even remember a time when, when you were feeling hot and feeling great. If that's you, if, if you're hearing this and you say, yeah, that's me, buying yellow flowers is not going to do it, you know? I might be better than nothing, but that's just one piece, and my grandma knew that too, you know? She didn't just say buy flowers. She said, go deep, girl, and that's what um, we're going to do right after this break from our sponsor and we're going to go into the deeper ways once we penetrate the surface, how we can access our self-love and our confidence um, when you really got to dig in the trenches to get it. Okay, so I'll be right back. Stick with me. Okay, we're back. And thanks for being here still. We're going to go now into the deeper levels of accessing your self-love and cultivating confidence from a deep, deep place within. Yes, it's true. You cannot access your self-confidence from an outside source. And if you know that you tend to do this, be that in your work or in relationships, how much money you make um, with your children, just remember that it's an inside job. So in order for us to make this inside job something that is coming to fruition, in my opinion, the very first step is before you do anything, Anything at all, be it like from send an email to eat dinner to the way you drive, anything. Ask yourself, is this an act of self-love? I think in things like before you light that cigarette, before you push snooze on your alarm when you knew you wanted to work out that morning, these are the kind of things I'm really thinking about. But it comes to anything. Like how are you washing your face or brushing your teeth? Is it like hurry, rush, and get it done and like attack and go? Or is it like, this is an act of self-love. I'm taking care of myself. My daughter says that to me. She brushes her hair. She brushes her teeth. She gets herself dressed and she looks at me and says, look, mommy, I'm taking care of myself. And it's so literal and it's so real. And when we set that intention to 
um, let all of our actions be one of self-love, then everything from, from making love to making dinner to making a phone call to making a boundary is all done with self-love. And the more you treat yourself this way, the more you, you will feel confident because you love yourself, because you're treating yourself with love. You become someone you can trust. The second way, that was number one. The second way to cultivate confidence from a deep, deep place within is to speak your mind with kindness. Now, I know some of you have no problem speaking your mind. Some of you, it comes easily for. You have no reservations. But maybe the tact is missing. Maybe... The empathy could be stronger. Maybe you haven't really harnessed a way to communicate in a way that people can hear you. I know this was me. I have no problem speaking my mind. But my ability to say something with enough kindness and empathy so that I could be heard, that took practice. That took learning. And that's a skill for me. Like I had to learn it. It did not come naturally. I have friends who are very, very sensitive, and I would hurt their feelings all the time, by accident, of course. But they loved me enough to stick with me and teach me how to speak to them in a way that they could, they could hear me. And of course I want to be heard. So speaking your truth, but really wording it with a lot of love and kindness and understanding for where the other person is standing is humongous when it comes to um, speaking your mind with self-love because we are all connected. So if we treat other people with love, we're treating ourselves with love and vice versa. Talk about getting deep, right? So, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I cannot speak my mind. I, my mouth pierces shut when um, someone says something or does something that I want to argue with and I cannot speak my mind. Well, And hear me, my friend. No one is a mind reader. Maybe some people are. But more more people than not who you speak to are probably not able to read your mind. If you have something to say and you shove it down inside, you're not doing anybody any favors. The people in your life, they don't know what you want or what you need. Maybe they want to give it to you, but you haven't told them what to do. You haven't told them what's important to you. You haven't told them how you feel. You walk away angry. Whose fault is that? No one but yours. And guess who suffers the most for it? You. Because that feeling, that thing you wanted to say doesn't disappear. No. It gets shoved down in your belly, in your hips, in your back. I've been teaching yoga for 10 years. Every time someone comes up to me and they say, I have some serious back pain, I can barely move, I ask them a question, what's going on in your life? Because the back is an extremely emotional spot in the body and the hips are the storage unit. So your body will tell you, hey, fuck off, (laughs) you're hurting me. Don't be shoving down your toxic garbage down here, let it out. And it's only toxic garbage because it went unsaid. Now you're kind. I know you are because you're trying not to hurt people's feelings. And that's why you're not talking. But guess what? Your mission is not accomplished. It does hurt when you later find out that you've hurt someone and they didn't tell you. One time, no lie, I was calling this woman the wrong name for months months. She never said anything. She never said, Sarah, that's not my name. Months went by. Then finally someone else told me. They must have thought I was insane, an idiot. I mean, what in the world? Calling this woman a completely wrong name. I never knew because I was never corrected. I felt terrible. Had she told me like that the day I met her, I would have, oh, quickly been able to, you know, fix that. Excuse me say her name correctly. So this is an example of like, she held it in, then she was probably hating me because I'm walking around calling her the wrong name, taught my daughter. 
her wrong name too. And she won't fix it. Nope, she'll call her that wrong name forever. She's three, you know? Not her, Not helping anybody. So you're obviously kind. Go ahead and just start small. You know, talking, just saying one thing to someone who you know will listen to you. Someone you know loves you. Someone you know will listen to you. Don't start with a, you know, an angry boss or, you know, start small. And then in time, you will easily be able to speak your mind to that angry boss because you've practiced. You've first tapped into the surface to get deeper. Okay, the third way, this is a big one, you guys, and I don't know if it's because of cell phones. I feel like cell phones have something to do with it, but... There's a lot of like blurred lines happening when it comes to people having and creating boundaries. Like I think of the cell phone because um, I think my mom said it best to me once and she, she was like, just because I have a phone doesn't mean I'm available at all times. And it's true. Like but because we have phones, some, somewhere along the line, people have started to expect us to be available. You know, it's like that time for hey, I'm just not available right now. It seems to be less and less. And um, just because someone text messages you doesn't mean you have to respond right away. And you know, just because someone emails you doesn't mean you have to stop what you were doing in your workflow to answer them right away. Creating boundaries around technology, creating boundaries with your in-laws, creating boundaries with your children, with your relationship, with your, your, your lovers, this is self-love, and when you stand up for yourself and you are your own best like representative, you will have more confidence because you are treating yourself with more love and respect. Remember when I said before that the way we treat others is how we treat ourselves, the way we treat ourselves is how we treat others? This notion of us loving ourselves more and being more confident when we treat ourselves better is so real. And not only is it real in the way that we will love ourselves more because we're building trust and and showing us that we deserve that, but we're teaching other people how to treat us. I'm going to say that again. When we treat ourselves kindly, when we set boundaries for ourselves, when we represent ourselves, we are treating other, teaching others how to treat us. We are teaching others how to treat us. When we say, I'm sorry, I'm resting right now. I'm not available. Or, I'm not okay with the way you just spoke to me. That didn't feel right. That didn't feel good. I don't feel I deserved that. Or, you know what? This person drags me down. I'm not going to be their friend anymore. (laughs) Kids say that. so natural. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Maybe they'll forget about it in a few minutes, but... As adults, sometimes we need to set those boundaries with other adults. You know, I'm floating, I'm like, I'm like barely hanging on and you're pushing me down. No, can't have you in my life right now. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to create a boundary. That is an act of self-love. And it's one that will build confidence from deep within. Number four, learn to love being alone. And I'm not just talking about single or not married. Like I'm talking about spending time alone with yourself. I've been hearing a lot of people lately tell me that they're afraid to be alone. They keep themselves busy. They, they rack up their calendar so that they never have to have a moment of silence by themselves because that would be terrifying. People are telling me this. Terrified to be alone. Now, I say this with so much love and empathy and understanding, but this is real, you guys. If you can't stand to be in the presence of your own company, why should anybody else? And I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm saying this because it's time. The time is now, not tomorrow. Today is the time for you to start learning and teaching yourself how to enjoy your alone time. And I don't mean you're alone, but you have, you're on Facebook. I don't mean you're alone, but you're, you know, maybe watching a movie. I like to watch movies by myself sometimes, but not until I've had like real alone time where I can listen to my own thoughts, 
tap into my own feelings. I can track my body and know how I'm, how I am. How am I doing? Oh, gosh, I guess my right shoulder is a little tight. Oh, I guess my, my stomach is a little hungry. You know, really just checking in with yourself. You know, as mamas, we get down on our, on our haunches and we get low enough to look our children in the eye and we ask them, how you doing? How, how are things? Are you hungry? You thirsty? You need anything, baby? Well, we can do that for ourselves, too. And if you're not a parent, just turn and look at your inner child. Remember how you were when you were five and say to yourself, what do you need, baby? How you doing? And it's in that silence that you'll know the answers. And if it's uncomfortable at first, that's okay. That's okay. You're just going to be uncomfortable for a little while. And I'm not the first one to say this, and I certainly hope you've heard it before and that you'll hear it again, is getting out of your comfort zone is where the growth lies, is where the growth happens. It doesn't lie. It happens. It moves. It's, it's active. So, you know, if you're uncomfortable, that's okay. I remember my daughter, her first year of life, she never experienced discomfort once. I was the most on top of it mom ever. <laughs> I was. Never would her clothes be wet. Never would she be hungry. Never would she be tired because I always was on it. And a, a friend who has more children who are older, my mom, said to me, you're doing her a, a disservice. Maybe in the first year it's fine, but after that you got to you gotta show this girl what it feels like to be uncomfortable. Otherwise, you're going to have a 14-year-old who can't handle life. Because guess what? Life's uncomfortable. And I know that we can be really clever as humans and create a life where we feel di- zero discomfort or as minimal discomfort as possible if we, if we set that, like even if it's a subconscious um, intention to do that. But I urge you not to, and I urge you with love, because it's in that spot, outside of that comfort zone, I'm sitting here by myself, and I'm anxious. I'm sweating. I don't like how this feels. Well, guess what? It's okay. You're not going to die. Breathe. Breathe. Be present. Talk yourself through it. Do something you enjoy. Get, get out in nature. Draw. You know, walk. Meditate. Practice yoga. I like to just run up hills. If I see a hill and I have the right shoes on, I'm going up it. And like someone said, oh, it's that Scandinavian in you. You know, I'm Italian and I'm, I'm German. And it's that Scandinavian in you that likes to just climb up hills. Well, ask yourself, what would I, what would make me happy? And do it in your alone time. Take yourself out on a date. You know, treat yourself really, really well. And then your alone time will start to feel more, more enjoyable. And like I said, you gotta, you got to l- learn how to love that alone time so that you can love yourself, so that others will enjoy being around you, deeply, deeply enjoy you. Number five. Everyone and every living thing wants to be loved. Everyone, every living thing wants to feel loved. So if you want more love in your life, you want to feel more love for yourself, love someone else. I know it gets confusing. It's like self-love, give love, which is it? (laughs) I'm telling you, we are all connected. So if you feel like you need more love and you need to love yourself more, yeah, do all the other things I'm telling you. It all come together. But part of that, and one part, is to give more love. Don't hold back your love. Love is abundant. The more you give, the more you get. That's the definition of abundance, really. And we reserve our love. We're taught to reserve our love. You know, like, um, you're not supposed to tell a guy you love him on on you know, after just a few dates, or you're not supposed to um, get attached to your unborn baby before three months because it might, you might lose it. 
So don't love it yet. That is some bullshit. I've heard so many people say that. <laughs> Guess how that baby's going to thrive is if you love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you lose your baby in, in pregnancy that you didn't love it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there never did any harm come from loving someone. And if you got attached, then you're human. And that's beautiful. And yeah, it makes it sad. But guess what? It's still sad. It's not any less sad because you restricted your feelings. We can't organize our feelings that way. We can't put them on the calendar and say, oh, after, after so many dates or so many hours spent together, it's okay to feel love. Well, maybe it's not a forever love. Maybe it's not a let's get married love. But it could be a, wow, I see you and I, I appreciate you. And I thank you for being here and I adore you. Adoration is, I think, probably God's favorite thing. You know, it's like that's why when you love on something, there's more of it. When you tend to your garden, your garden's healthy. When you say, man, I'm thankful for this life, I'm thankful for this day, you have a great day. It's okay to adore. It's okay to love that gorgeous flower. Just fucking love it, you know? Just loving it. Feels good. Sometimes I read back on my journals from when I was a teenager and try to just keep my connection with, with teenage, the teenage girls I work with in my youth program, Miracle Girls. And I, I look at my, those pages and I just, well, my heart breaks for... 12-year-old Sarah sometimes, you know. And I recently read an uh, entry that I put that said, I'm going to try my best not to use the word love. I've realized that if I say it too much, then it's like it's not so valuable anymore. And valuable things are scarce. So if I want my love words to be valued, I have to make them scarce. And I don't know if everyone can recognize this right away, but when I read that, I see fear mentality. I see a limited mindset. I see something taught that isn't divine. Love is abundant. Say it. I love this popcorn. I love this chair. I love this day. I love the way that sweat is dripping down my neck right now. I feel so alive. I love the way you look when you pull up into my driveway. I love the way my, my cat curls at my feet when she sleeps. Just loving everything about your life, you will get more love in your life. So I think that's good for today, you guys. I, um, I really appreciate you being here. I hope that this episode has served you today. And just remember that you are worthy of love. And I'm sitting over here hoping that you turn this off and show it off. Welcome to the Show It Off podcast, where we are shamelessly and unapologetically confident. I am your host, Sarah Faye Schaff. I teach confidence as a yoga teacher, as a youth program director, as a writer, as a personal coach, as a friend, and as a mother. Since I was a little girl, I have been obsessed with the idea of having self-assurance, having self-esteem. And when I have been without confidence, I cannot stand it. I wouldn't accept it. When I am feeling confident, I am unstoppable. I am happy and I am attractive to all that I desire in this life. I am a magnet to those things. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You have tasted both and you want more of the good stuff, right? 
I have experienced the very highs and lowest lows of both on the confidence spectrum. So for me, finding ways to strengthen my confidence, applying what I learn, and teaching what works is what my life is all about. And this is what this podcast is about. So thank you for listening. Today is the 12th episode, and it is on my most favorite topic ever, (laughs) having confidence while falling in love. And before I go into that, I'd like to share um, that I was recently interviewed for the Mindfully Millennial podcast, the Mindfully Millennial podcast, and it's a great podcast that's all about discovering your own self-love style. We had a great time recording our episode, and you will absolutely get something out of subscribing to the Mindfully Millennial podcast. Um, so yeah, check that out. We um, talk about um, changing patterns and how to integrate um, self-love into your mind and into your words, the way you think about yourself, and how to handle adversity. It's really great. Love, love talking with those girls, and um, I think you will enjoy the episode. So, okay, falling in love or keep, or excuse me, having or keeping confidence while falling in love. Because I know that for me, and I know many women, especially who I speak to, that you can have a lot of confidence to start off, like when you're dating, when you're single, and when you're unattached, and then falling in love, suddenly that confidence gets challenged. So in my perfect fantasy ideal, falling in love would bring only those good feelings and we'd forever walk with birds chirping and flowers blooming like a fucking Disney princess. But for most of us, falling in love can bring down the confidence level you had while you're single um, with your heart in a neat, tight little container in your chest where it belongs. But once it escapes your body and goes to another person, you're suddenly vulnerable. And this vulnerability can challenge your confidence level because now your feelings are on the line. It could be really easy to start judging yourself harshly, <clears throat> excuse me, to feel out of control of your feelings and what will happen next. I mean, you have no control and your feelings are on the line. It's true. Because suddenly you have something very valuable to lose. This person you met, this, these good feelings, your heart, your sanity, <laughs> and you may feel you aren't ready for what's happening. You may decide that because you don't have your checklist um, all marked, it's not time for you to accept this love. Like maybe you don't have your goal amount in your savings account or you haven't lost those extra pounds or you don't have your dream career. So it's just not the right time. And this can be stressful. Um, Maybe you're questioning if your age is right, too young, too old. Uh, Maybe you're worried about losing your freedom worried about your independence. Maybe all of this is causing you to do unexpected things um, like self-destructive behavior or obsessing or turning to past comforts, even if they were toxic, just because they are familiar, um, you are uh, gravitating to them like like an ex, um, an ex-relationship, an ex-person, uh, or any bad, any bad habit, because anything familiar may be something you feel like you need right now, because you're stepping into unknown territory, because everything's so new and fresh. Because really, we are no different than children, really. I mean, it reminds me of a child temporarily behaving more clingy to his mother when he starts kindergarten. You know, it's like kindergarten's great. It's so exciting and fun and stimulating. And oh my God, where's my mom? <laughs> so it can, we can tend to kind of like revert in that way when um, presented with something so grand as falling in love. And my friend, all of these fears are valid because we're not in a Disney movie and falling in love means going deep. It means stepping into the unknown It means feeling everything, both the good and the bad, at a high intensity level. And yeah, it's intense. (laughs) 
But there are things that we can do to keep our confidence and um, and self esteem high in the process and enjoy the ride more than we are freaking out. So here in this episode, I'm going to give you 11 things to focus on while falling in love. And these things will be sure that you love yourself first, that you feel more good than bad, that you evolve from the experience of falling in love, that you become interdependent rather than codependent with your lover, that you stay grounded, you protect your heart, you feel safe being open, that you keep it real, and you have way more fun. So before I give you these 11 tips, we're going to take a quick break for the sponsor. And when we return, I will deliver these valuable tips to you. So come back. So number one, um, to help you keep and build and have self-esteem while falling in love is to create balance. Create balance in lots of ways. One, in time. Make sure there is time for you and your lover to be apart. Even if you both want to spend all of your free time together, don't. You know, rather take space, reflect, do things that make you feel like you. Spend time with your friends. Think about or notice how much you're thinking about your lover and rein it in. Like, don't let yourself just perseverate on these thoughts about them. Don't obsess. Like, let there be a balance around it. Yes, create time where you can just daydream and and enjoy what's coming up for you in your mind about your new love. But also make sure you're spending time thinking about other things as well. Your goals, your dreams, your plans, you know, just life. (laughs) Number two, obsession, before I go on, obsession just isn't healthy. So that's why like it's important that you keep it in balance so that you like are grounded and you can cultivate confidence because you are in balance. Okay, number two is let go of being accepted. I think that when we fall in love, we can easily become needy and are, and desperate in our desire to be accepted by the, the person we've fallen in love with. But I would urge you to instead focus on accepting yourself Accepting yourself as you are right now, the way you look in the mirror, the way you speak, the way you think, your accomplishments, your goals, how much money you have, like how you spend your time, your work, everything about you. Accept it now for yourself and you will be more attractive. You will be easier to love if you love yourself first. And with that said, accept your lover as they are right now. Um... I know I don't know about men, but I know women tend to do this is like we can get critical about the people that we fall in love with. And I don't know why that is, but I, I think it's really common. And especially when we're sharing with our girlfriends, like women tend to have like this checklist that we mark off of what we think is acceptable and valuable in our mates and our lovers. And like your female friends can kind of be like the worst about this. Like, oh, does he have this? Does he do that? And, you know, you want to have priorities or like what you'll accept from somebody for sure. But if you've chosen to accept this person, don't be critical about them. Rather accept them as they are and, you know, don't fall in love with their potential. Fall in love with with how they are today and really ask yourself, like, if nothing ever changed about this person would I still be able to accept them? And if the answer is not yes, I really would suggest that you move on. You just like forget about these feelings and completely move on because it's not healthy. Like in order to accept somebody as they are, you need to first do that for yourself and then, and then indeed turn around and do that for your lover. So um, it could be easy to think that your lover deserves better than you or that you, des- or that you could do better. And that's just not a healthy way of thinking. Um, you are perfectly made just as you are. So is your lover, even with their shit, like the bad stuff that comes with it, like accept it. Um, you know, this person may even seem flawless to you, but that's not real either. They are human just like you and we all deserve love and happiness Um, You don't need to be at your perfect version of yourself to receive what's happening to you. 
So just accept yourself, accept your lover, and that's all. <laughs> all right, number three, talk to your friends and yourself first when you are feeling every emotion at once. Okay, so let me unpack that a little bit. You don't need to lean on your partner, your new partner especially, for every fucking emotion you're going through. Like It's going to be so much. You're going to be elated. You're going to be terrified. You're going to be joyful. You're going to be worried. And you don't need to like emote all of this onto your lover. Like This is your lover, not your therapist, not your best friend. Like Maybe in time they'll feel like your best friend, but especially when you're first falling in love, it's just not the right place to un- like unload. So this is what I suggest for when you're feeling all the emotions at once. You um, first turn to your friends. Uh, you know, maybe not every single friend, but like one or two trusted friends whose opinions you value. Turn to them and just emote. Like, oh my God, I'm feeling this. I'm scared of that. Like, this is happening. I'm so elated, blah, blah, blah. Just let it go. And then gather all the thoughts and feelings that come from these conversations. Like, oh, she's right. I tend to do this. Or, oh, I didn't look at it that way. And, And just like take that in. And then second is become, take all of that and put it through your own filter. The filter of your intuition. And just be like, don't take it all on either. Like that's your friend's stuff or whatever. You know, just be like, okay, she said that. I process this and now let me filter it through my intuition. What does my intuition tell me about that? And then the third thing to do with that is meditate on it. Like take what you collect, take the information you collect, sit quietly and meditate on that. And then after you've processed all of that, then you can turn to your lover and share the outcome of the work that you've put in. This way, your lover doesn't become your unpaid therapist and you have a healthy balance of processing your own feelings and sharing them with your love. This is huge. That one took me a long time to learn. So I'll really like highlight circle extra stars around number three there. Okay, number four is own it. Own you. Like really own who you are. Don't spend a bunch of time apologizing for yourself. Like, just own it. Like, you're flawed. It's okay. Like, (laughs) presenting yourself as is, accepting yourself, and really owning it. And remember the um, you're welcome tip I gave? I don't know what episode that was in, like an earlier episode where you just have this kind of energy about you when you walk into a room and just think, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome that I'm here sharing my light. You're welcome that I'm here like being present with you. You're welcome that I'm here sharing my body with you, sharing my heart with you, sharing my time with you. Like just, you're welcome, just owning it. And then be super authentic about who you are and go ahead and be proud of your authenticity. Like that's a really valuable gift, you guys. And so when you're, when you're with your lover and you're falling in love with them, your heart is opening and you're being super authentic, that's something extremely valuable and something to be proud of. And let me just say, if your lover isn't recognizing that, then, then they're probably not right for you. So just like you know, keep your eyes open. If they're valuing your authenticity, they're thanking you for it, they're recognizing it, they're listening to it, that's a healthy place to be. And then you can feel so much better about the love you will receive as a result because you don't have to wonder, oh, are they falling in love with this like fake persona that I'm presenting? Or rather you can just relish in the joy that they're falling in love with the real authentic you that you're offering. It's beautiful. Okay, number five, level up on your self-care. You are falling in love. You are expanding. Your heart, your energy, your, your light, your, everything about you is just going to start shining so bright. And this is a great time to just t- turn inward also and just level up on that self-care. You have a lot of new energy. Like, use it for you. You know, like, Infuse your workouts, like start a creative project, upscale your business, refine your diet, like start your passion goal. Falling in love is an energy and just like money or any other energy, you can budget it, you can spend it, you can save it. So be thoughtful about what you do with all your falling in love energy 
and um, your life will be more balanced because of it. And like turning that to, you know, doing your your Epsom salt baths, your your face masks, your pedicures, like um, you're reading self help books, you know, meditation, going to yoga class, like whatever that means to you to really level up on your self love. Um, I I highly recommend making that an intention right now. I also want to apologize because I think I'm like losing my voice and so that's probably annoying to listen to, but I'm doing my best to be um, clear here. So number six is um, take what comes up for you in this falling in love process as an opportunity to heal trauma. So falling in love can absolutely bring up trauma for us and the things that we need to work on. So like personally, I'll give the example, I have a fear of abandonment, which does not come up for me if I'm not in love. I'm like, I'm cool. Ain't no one leaving me. (laughs) You know, I don't, I got nothing to lose. But when I fall in love, that fear comes up for me and I automatically, like a knee jerk reaction will feel the fear that, um, I have something to lose and that fear of abandonment comes up. Um, so, in, but instead of spinning in that fear, I use the fact that like, I still haven't healed this, although I've attempted too many times that it still like has that root that needs to come up that way. I have an opportunity to keep healing until I get to the base of that root. So, um, facing that fear and loving myself through the healing process of that fear is really important every time it comes up. And for you, that might be something different, although I think the fear of abandonment is really common. <laughs> so, you know, we'll do this with um, therapy, finding a trusted and skilled therapist to process these feelings with is um, extremely valuable. You can also educate yourself on your issue. There's a book on every subject. Find an author um, with, you know, um, a degree and experience and and, you know, learn about your issue. If codependency is your issue, like there's a ton of books on that and you can just, that, that becoming aware of it will help you to dissect it and, and heal it. Number seven, know that sex does not equal love. Sex does not equal love. If you are like me, and had a deep love with the first person you had sex with, I think this lesson can be harder to learn. For me, I just equated one with the other for a long time, and it's just not reality, you guys. Sex is not love. Yes, there can indeed be love in sex and sex in love, and when that happens, that's the best. It's so much more powerful than just like meaningless sex. And but 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 know that simply the presence of sex does not mean love and even though it can feel like it so um maybe you really are in love maybe you are lucky enough to have that mutual feeling of being in love with your sexual partner and that's just the best drug on the planet and it's so great but don't get it twisted sex on its own does not mean love and um I think this is really valuable to learn, especially if you're young and just like falling in love for the first time or um, having sex for the first time. It can be really confusing, like the lines get blurred. But I think it's important to be aware of that, that, you know, if you want your sex to be infused with true love, then it's important to take space before having sex to connect with your partner on a deeper level and just be really real and authentic and open and expressive and you know just please don't get it twisted that like sex is not love so if a guy girls like if a guy's having sex with you it does not mean that he loves you and guys vice versa you know just there if you want that like make sure that that's a priority that you like facilitate that into your life and into your dating but just don't get it twisted (laughs) Get really clear about your with yourself and with your lover about what you are feeling, and just don't confuse sex for love. Okay, number eight. Do not, do not put your lover on a pedestal. They are just a human, just like you, 
And like for me, like I tend to see the best in people and I can really easily, easily ignore their flaws. And just if I keep doing that and I don't check in, like I can put my lover on this like godlike pedestal and it's really not fair to them or to myself, like to my lover or to myself. And just remember like everybody poops, everybody poops, like Giselle she shits, you know, like, like whoever you think of is the most like amazing person, like, uh, Stefan Curry, he poops. <laughs> like, this is something I, I did when I was a teenager. I was like really jealous of, okay, this is so ridiculous, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I was really jealous of Pamela Anderson when I was a teenager. Okay, like the guy who I was in love with loved the show Baywatch and just thought she was the coolest thing. And this was just like so fucked up to my like internal system because obviously, I mean, imagine it. I'm like 16 years old. She has like fake boobs, fake hair. Like she's on TV. She's not a real person, but like she was just like untouchable. And to me, she just became like this goddess. And I became so jealous of her and I would always compare myself to her and it was just like never felt good and it was really self-destructive and thankfully even as a teenager I had the wherewithal to like collect some self-healing tools in that moment and what I would do is I would just imagine Pamela Anderson on the toilet shitting. doing my doing this over and over like I just started to see her as a human and she is a human like like now that time has gone by I feel like she's been really like candid about that and her like you know boob job and her like hepatitis and all that stuff and like but back then I just couldn't see that about her I just saw her as flawless and so by imagining that she's like on the shitter like regularly just really helped me like let go of that perfection ideal and see her as a real person so I know it sounds funny and like yeah I never said my tricks weren't weird so it's kind of weird but you can just imagine your lover pooping if you start to put them on a pedestal and you'll just remember that they're just a human and to like not you know blow them up too much like they're just normal they're a human just like you don't put them on a pedestal (laughs) okay so number nine is um Don't ignore the flags. Okay, so your lover will, especially in the beginning, will show you yellow, orange, and red flags. And it's when you're falling in love, it can be really easy to ignore those flags. Um, But what happens is in time is you get yourself like knee deep in a relationship that's not right for you because back when you were in the beginning and in these like elated falling in love feelings, you chose to ignore the flags that came up. So like people will tell you who they are, right? Like Oprah said that and it's right. It's true. Like if you're falling in love and your lover says something to you like, I'm so possessive or I'm crazy or um, I have a bad temper or, you know, whatever, like believe them. And that's a flag, like depending on what it is, it's either a yellow, red or orange flag, you know? And if someone says something that's like dangerous, like, um, like I, if they might say something like, oh, I tend to like become obsessed with my lovers. Like that's a red flag. Like obsession's not healthy. And if they say something like, um, you know, oh, I can get really like, like quiet when I like am in a bad mood. Like maybe that's just like a yellow flag for you. Maybe that's something that makes you feel not loved if your like lover like um, shuts you shuts off when they're upset. You know, so this is just everyone's different, like what their flags are and just be aware. Try not to ignore those just because you're enjoying falling in love so much. Okay, number 10 is stay present. Oh, there's that yoga lesson again. Stay present because right now, while you're falling in love, especially, I mean, always really, this is so true for everything, but since we're talking about this, while falling in love, the past and the future are your enemies. Like, don't start future tripping. Don't be like, oh, what if this? And what if that? And and in 10 years and then a year, like, no. Just stay in the moment that you're in. You are on this date. You're eating this dinner. You are kissing, you know, this kiss. Like, whatever it is, just really enjoy it. You know, see it, feel it, touch it, know it. Taste it, smell it, be in it. And the past, 
You know, like that last relationship where you got your heart broken or when you were like an abusive relationship or you were like single forever, like whatever your past is, that's gone. Like, yes, you have like the lessons that came from that. Yes, you have the like experience in your cells that came from that. But don't let your head go there. Just be in the moment that you're in and the best will come of that moment. Be present. Be present. Okay. And last and definitely not least, this is to me the best and most potent one. In fact, I'm going to do next week like a whole episode on this subject and I'm really excited about it because I'm going to have my friend uh, Melissa Green interviewed for this subject. She's a, a really unique feminist and also a woman's studies major and she's just brilliant and so we're going to go into this number 11 a lot next week but for now I'm just going to tap on it okay so number 11 is connect to your femininity or your masculinity and be healthy in it so depending on um, not necessarily if you're a man or a woman but how you um, present yourself in the world If you present yourself masculine, then you really need to tap in and connect to your masculinity and same with your femininity. And knowing how to be healthy in your masculinity or femininity can sometimes be hard and especially when you're having really humongous feelings. So I'm going to help you out with that a little bit. I'm going to share with um, you something I learned well, I collected from Juliet Allen. And Juliet Allen is a sexologist and she's the host of the Authentic Sex podcast, which is truly my favorite podcast of all time. Um, definitely subscribe to that. That's the Authentic Sex podcast. Uh, Juliet Allen, she's on Instagram as well, sharing a lot of gold. So this is what she defines her balance between healthy masculinity and unhealthy masculinity and healthy femininity and unhealthy femininity. So I think it's really important when you're falling in love to connect to a healthy version of the um, like sex or gender or however you want to put this that you uh, present yourself as. Wow. It's really complicated to say this in this day and age when we're being so PC. I just want to <laughs> please recognize my efforts. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's talk about um, the masculine first. Okay. So what does healthy masculinity look like? According to sexologist Julia Allen, she says, and I 100% full-heartedly agree with this, healthy masculinity is being deeply present without a goal. It's committed, being committed to personal truth. Healthy masculinity responds rather than reacts. It's reflective, peaceful, and grounded. Healthy masculinity creates safety, listens deeply, it's supportive and encouraging, and it has integrity and awareness. So those are all things that if you're acting in these ways, you are in healthy masculinity. Where alternatively, unhealthy masculinity is competitive, it's cold and distant, withdrawn. Unhealthy masculinity blames, tames, and shames. Man, I've experienced that. That is some bullshit. (laughs) Please, guys, don't do that. Healthy or unhealthy masculinity has to be right. Has no has no space for hearing another person's point of view. Unhealthy masculinity is aggressive. Unhealthy masculinity is stuck in the mind. Come on, guys, get out of your head and into your body. You can do it. Unhealthy masculinity moves away from love. Okay. So if you are moving from a place of masculinity and you find yourself in this unhealthy place, check yourself before you wreck yourself and get back to a healthy level of masculinity. Okay, healthy femininity. Oh, this feels so good. I love this so much. Healthy femininity creates, births, and manifests. Yes, our like divine, natural position is to create birth and manifest. 
And that doesn't always mean birthing a child. It means birthing a project, birthing um, a feeling, birthing a, uh, an experience, um, manifesting, bringing like just sitting and being the like magnet to what you desire in your life and creating um, you know, a beautiful love, a beautiful experience, a beautiful um, conversation, just create, create a beautiful food, beautiful, oh, I just love it, okay? Um, okay, sorry, I'm like really way more into the feminine part, I guess. Um, okay, so healthy femininity also vibrates with energy and sound. Don't stifle your throat. Like, let your orgasms be loud. Like, feel them in every way. Like, express them. Let your feelings be heard. Like, speak your truth. Sing. Like, talk. Like, let it out. Um, healthy femininity flows, surrenders, is vulnerable. Like, just melting into your lover. Um, opening up. Like, expressing what's, what you're afraid of. Like, expressing your feelings. Um, healthy femininity is playful, intuitive, and authentic. Yes, like listening to your authentic, your uh, intuition. <laughs> listening to your intuition when you're falling in love is so powerful. Oh my god, I'm really like loving that. Okay, unhealthy feminine. Your unhealthy feminine is insecure, needy, manipulative. Uh, the unhealthy feminine chases love. It's a victim. It's afraid of loss. We talked about that, right? Critical. Unhealthy feminine is critical of your loved ones. And lastly, unhealthy feminine is desperate. So I think it's really easy for us to get into this icky place when we're falling in love. But resist. Like check in. And find the balance going back to the healthy feminine qualities within you. Okay. Oh, my God. I think that's everything. Let me just double check. Didn't miss anything. Okay. I think that that's... <laughs> Sorry. I think that that's good. Um, I, I just, like, feel so bummed out when I, like, finish an episode and then I was like, oh, I forgot to say this one thing I really wanted to say. So... I'm just double checking that that isn't happening right now. Thank you for your patience. Okay, so no, we're good. Um, so yeah, that is all of it. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Oh my God, if you loved this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. Um, you Maybe you know somebody who's falling in love right now and this could really be great for them to hear. Um, let's see. Oh, and thanks for leaving a, a review on iTunes. So until next Monday when we talk about um, femininity and um, all the good stuff we have next week. I'm really excited. So remember, you are perfectly made and you have every right to show it off. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you.